When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's got to 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Hello, welcome to another Touchy Gooders podcast. My name is Lewis and I'm joined today by Sean. How you doing, Sean? Yeah, all right, man. Tired, tired. So tired that I was sending random messages yeah. to the group chat at 7 a.m. this morning. <laughs> make, make sure you wrap up warm, all right? Thanks, Sean. I would never have known this fucking minus two outside. Thanks for the heads up. Hey, listen, listen. I was going to go into work with now, shorts bro. today. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Boy, uh, no, I, I appreciate I it, man. Yeah, you, you're, yeah, you're probably yeah. getting a lack of sleep. Yeah, I hear it. Um, new job and all of that, like, it's... Comes with, the, comes with the territory, you know what I mean? So, well, you know, I too lost a bit of sleep after Saturday's performance. Um, <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it was a tough, it was a tough day. But obviously, um, things were made a little bit better uh, on Sunday when you know the ops dropped points to the ops, which is always good to see. You know, um, bit of a strange scenario supporting Spurs against City, but um, you know, ultimately. You know, uh, the, the the long-term goal had to prevail, right? Short-term pain for Spurs fans is never, you know, I it's, it's never the, the primary thing. We need to get our, you know, we need to get our, uh, what we needed out of the way. But um, let's start with Saturday. Um, tough game, man. Very, very tough game. And I, I, And I have to admit, I looked at that Everton midfield, you know, as the lineups came out and I thought, this is going to be a long, long Saturday, you know, <laughs> um, when I saw the amount of athleticism in that team, and let's just say it, pure PMP, <laughs> for like just pure PMP, right? Like I thought, oof, yeah, these boys better be up for it today because if not, we could, you know, we could get us right C into here. Um, and, you know, the game itself really kind of reminded me of the Leeds game a little bit. It's just that, um, obviously, in the Leeds game, we we got... I still don't quite know what happened. I think it was just like a mixture of us not being at the races, an early goal, and then Leeds just being just absolute brutes every single time we got the ball, they were onto us. And I felt 
very similar to to this game. And it, the the only issue was the only difference was we didn't have the goal to to kind of like hang on to. Um, and you know Everton started very strong, and um, you know I think a lot of a lot of the discussion this week has been around: Is there now a blueprint to beat Arsenal? You've seen Leeds do a similar job. You've seen uh, Everton do what they did on Saturday. Do you do you think there's a, a a trend developing in terms of like how teams can approach? games against us and obviously Newcastle yeah, as well I, sorry I should have I should have mentioned yeah yeah I know you're there I'm, I don't think I'm there yet mm-hmm. just because like I feel like we've played a lot of low block teams and we've beaten a lot of low block teams this season now you could argue you know some people would use the the argument that you know Jesus was around at the time but you know I, I find it hard to be too too judgmental at the moment considering we played 20 league games we literally won 16 we've drawn two and we've lost two you know it's the best start in the club's history so yeah so maybe i'm not there yet in terms of the trends maybe like i said but i think i'd need to see it over a bigger sample size to say that this is an issue now there are definitely discussion points we can have do you know what i mean so i think in in both games newcastle and everton there were certain things where i looked at and i think hmm this is still an upgrade opportunity here or maybe could Arteta have changed something you know slightly here tactically to to maybe give us a bit more of an advantage now you know I don't want to be too harsh like I said because I think Arteta's managed superbly this season but you know it's uh this is like first world problems now and you know we were we were really in the trenches before with some of the stuff we used to talk about but this is more about fine-tuning, finding out about how we can extract that extra 5%, you know. And, and obviously, what we're saying, you know, like the Leeds game, we had a goal to hang on to. Maybe if, you know, the sack of shot that gets cleared off the line, the one that Eddie blazes over, if we get a goal there, maybe it turns into something different. And, you know, um, Everton are forced into a different game. But, but yeah, no, it was, you were right. It was tough, man. Very, very tough. And I was one of those, I saw it before the game, and I was like, mm, you know, when you just look, you're like, this might be bad timing. <laughs> a Sean Dash team is hard to play against at the best of times. They're tough. They're compact. They're very narrow. They really, they rarely give anything away in open play. And on top of that, like, you know, his Burnley team were tough, but they didn't have PMP like Everton did, boy. This feels like, it's just like, I feel like watching this, I'm like, bro. I've, you know, we lost. I think Sean Dash is going to be a lot of teams with this Everton team. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So going forward, so yeah, so it, it was a disappointing game, and, and I think there's stuff we can get into in terms of granular detail about how we can improve. But it's one of those things that happens, man. It's our first loss in September. Can't be too too angry at that. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, you yeah, know, if, if you're if you're averaging one defeat every five months, I'll take it, man. Yeah, I, I, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, um, I think, uh. Goodison Park has turned into a bit of a bogey ground for us anyway. We lost there last mm. year. We haven't won this. Them and Southampton. Yes, they're turning uh, into grounds be, where we yeah, really struggle. Proper. And historically, we always did well at those grounds, which is quite interesting, mm. you know. Mm. But, um, you know. I, I, and to be fair, we still do well against them at home, but yeah. obviously, yeah, like away, away. But I, I think, you know, it can be quite cliche, but Everton. Uh, not a 19th place team let's be honest mm. they should be sitting in like mid-table do you know what i mean they've massively mm. massively underperformed um so yeah but here's what it is yeah yeah it was it, it, to me it, you know it i think sean dash definitely can bring the best out of everton like with, with um the qualities that you mentioned and you know he's got a lot more tools at his disposal than he would have at burnley and i think if if, if sean if sean dash had like an ideal team like 
what that <laughs> what that team was. That's the that's the Sean Dash team, right? Like Harkovsky, they really should have. Decore, um, Ndidi, Iwobi, you know, like a lot of like hardworking players. Um, yeah, and you know, I, 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 I do, I do want to just push back on something that you, you, you said about Everton's um, the way they played. I didn't actually think they played a low block. I thought they played quite high up the pitch, and um, I actually thought they were quite brave against us, and we made quite a few poor decisions um on on the counter on a few occasions as well and i i don't think it was like something like we couldn't break them down i just think it was the game was too it was just too bitty and there were a lot of fouls and we couldn't we couldn't gain a momentum in the game they didn't allow us to gain a momentum in the game and they also provided their own threat going forward as well which mm-hmm. you know kept us yeah, honest and um, we never really got a foothold in the game. You know, where you know those moments in games where right, Zinchenko completely takes over the game or Erdogan completely takes over the game. I don't think we had a real moment in that game in, in, in this game where you know we were we were allowed to do that. And I've got to give mm. Everton a lot of credit because they, they suffocated us really. You know, that's the mm. first game I can I can remember where Zinchenko has not had a playmaking period in the game. He was literally a left back. That was it. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a standard left back. He, there was no space for him in the middle to, um, to 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 pick up. And I just wonder. The reason I think that maybe could this be a trend going forward is is if you can negate, you know, the Zinchenko effect and force us to do something else. Um, you can you can do that by packing out the midfield. Um, and then it's up to us to come up with other solutions. And obviously, we still have players like Partey, Erdegaard, who can, who can, you know, pick the lock and find passes. But for some reason, that just didn't happen um, at Everton. I, I think I think it was interesting. I don't know if you saw Saliba's quotes yesterday. He gave to French um, media, and he, he said, um, Arteta said they quite simply they just didn't compete as well. Mm. You know, um, which didn't in turn allow us to stand to you know to stamp our authority on the game you know you spoke about the game being bitty and Arsenal were normally a team of flow you know we need the game to we need to you know the game needs to flow for us to to get at our best and you know how often have we sat here and talked about in the last year you know Xhaka and Partey have completely dominated or blamed any midfield they've come up against but I think this was one of the first times I could say in like what the last year 18 months that they got had up mm. you know in a, in, a, in a midfield so and uh it's rare. It's rare it's happened, you know, because how often have we been talking about how much they've physically dominated, won their duels, which has allowed us to sustain um, pressure and pin teams back, you know, the constant winning of second balls, um, being first. I, I think I think Everton were first to pretty much everything, especially Anana and Decore and Gay. They were, they, they, they ran all over us. So I, I just think it was a case of, yeah, and Saliba said we, we needed to compete better and we made too many basic errors um, on, a, on, a, on a, you know, just on a granular level. And it, it feels like a bit of a shame because we had like an eight-day break from the FA Cup against mm. Man City before that game. So it's not even like you could put down to like fatigue or and anything. And as well. Yeah, yeah. So, so like I said, it, 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 it can happen, in it? So I, I think if we bounce back and beat Brentford on... Saturday, no one's going to care. Like too tough. It can, like you said, it can happen. That's why I'm, I'm not where you are. Maybe yet to draw too many conclusions from it, um, just because like 
how many we've literally played well in I'd say about 95% of games this season do you know what I mean so if this is one of those 5% games that you have maybe during a season where you're just not at your best for maybe a variety of reasons so you could maybe put it down to you know new manager tax Goodison Park crowd Everton a bit of a bogey team we didn't compete as well didn't get our game off so probably all of those five factors are, are mixed in together and it just culminated in not being you know a performance which has normally been you know up to par this season so um, that's what I'd write it down to. But, you know, um, I think if we don't go and beat Brentford on on Saturday and maybe, you know, the manner of the performance is something we've got to pay attention to, then maybe we, we might start looking, start asking questions, start evaluating. Because if you remember, do you remember this during this period last year? I think from like Jan to March, we were on a really good run in the league. Um, and we were we were winning games, but we were winning games on very fine margins. And we were talking about how we were winning games, but Lacazette wasn't scoring. Like, do you know what I mean? Like at all. So, so maybe it is a case of you know from a period of from a position of strength. Sometimes you maybe look and evaluate where can we get better, where can we improve. You know. So, um, so it'd be interesting to see if Arteta chooses to change anything against Brentford on Saturday um, because because you know there were a, a couple I mean I say a couple no one played well on Saturday do you know what I mean but but maybe there's some areas that we can, no you know, except maybe to. except maybe the centre-backs yeah yeah the, the centre-backs were good I thought but yeah so yeah what the hell my internet is going crazy I don't ugh, honestly I don't know what is going on my the last month or so my my internet is just ridiculous like it is ridiculous I'm gonna have to tr- chop this bit out and I'm gonna have to do a lot of editing um but yeah um just in terms of like individual performances you you mentioned there obviously that you 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 know you mentioned that um there were quite a few poor performances I think there are probably a few notable ones right um we talk about you know the 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 form of Martinelli um, is a real talking point at the moment, especially with the addition of Trossard. Um, you know, I think people obviously have that. I want to see the new sign in play, and um, and obviously it's coupled that Martinelli is as as has fallen off a little bit in form. I think we can all agree with that. Um, but do you? Do you see this as like a falling off in form from Martinelli, or, or or do you think it's do you think it has a wider implication into the omission of um well the lack thereof of of Gabby Jesus in the team and you know the the connections because we when when those two were playing together we often spoke about their chemistry their connections mm-hmm. you know the, the combinations they were able to build on a pitch and we we see now that. You know, um, I heard on, I think it was Ars Vision, they, you know, they were talking about it and they were saying that Enketia and Marcelli have passed to each other like once in the last two games, which is, you know, a stark comparison to um, to obviously Gabby and uh, Martinelli's combinations. So do you think there's, there's something to it that, you know, Martinelli's lack of influence on the game is you know, has something to do with Gabby or do you think this is just Marcelli going for a bit of a bad spot? I think it's probably a range of all of those factors. Um, this is the first period in his career where he's paid so consistently. And, and you know, it's back to this. We do forget, you know, we're sitting top of the table with the youngest squad in the league. Do you know what I mean? And, and because we've become used to such a consistent level of performance over the course of this season, we forget that young players sometimes blow hot and cold. 
um, they can have bouts of inconsistency. So that's that's perfectly normal. But obviously, the frustration that will come on our part now is because we've become accustomed to a certain level of performance throughout the team and throughout individuals. When we do have a drop off, we do become a bit more critical, and I think that's only natural. Um, I do think the Jesus factor is is definitely key. Um, I said in the group chat uh, a couple of days ago as well is that it's noticeable that if you remember first half of the season, I think the left-hand side was a lot more prominent than the right-hand side. So Jesus and Martinelli were the ones dovetailing a lot. Xhaka was crashing the box a lot in that early half of the season where he got he racked up numbers and he hasn't scored or assisted in a while. Actually, no, tell her like he assisted against United, but he hasn't scored in a while. Um, whereas it's noticeable that since Jesus has been out, that Erdegaard Saka right-hand side has been very, very dominant. Um, and it might just be a fact that, that Jesus is so influential in the way we play our game that others defer to him. Whereas, you know, um, you know the dynamic, the point you made about Martinelli and Enketi exchanging one or two passes, you know Jesus drops in deep into midfield, so he overloads. That might have been something we missed against Everton on Saturday. He drifts to the left. What does that drift into the left do? It opens up space, and that space is sometimes attacked by Martinelli. Sometimes it's attacked by Xhaka. Um, so, you know, we've lost a bit of fluid rotation because where Eddie has picked up the slack in terms of goals, Eddie's still more of a fixed position. He doesn't rotate as much. Do you know what I mean? So what does that mean? Other individuals probably have to adapt and, and maybe they're not doing the same things because Eddie is always in the box. Like he's not given the same space for Martinelli who had that opportunity to, you know, make that out to in run before that. Like, he was probably doing a lot more in uh, earlier parts of the season. So it's just you know, adapting, you know, Eddie's been a big beneficiary, but maybe some others have suffered as a result. So maybe that's, that's partly what we have to look at. Um, so yeah, so for me, um, he definitely misses Jesus, um, probably just inconsistent to a, to a, an extent himself, but, and, and also I don't think we fed him early enough. You know, we were building up a lot on the right-hand side and that early switch was on to Martinelli every time, but maybe we were a bit too slow to release it to him. But but maybe it's also, again, Martinelli's going to have to try and add more strings to his bow. You know, when we spoke about Saka, when we were having, you know, oh, can Saka do this? You know, I'd like Saka to add this. You know, I think we can maybe apply that to Martinelli as well. I think, you know, that 1v1 overall approach play, I still think, there can be a bit more added there because, you know, add some more unpredictability to his movements, go inside out. He just doesn't really have that ISO package that, you know, Saka has as well. So, yeah, I think there's probably about three factors that feed into maybe um, his form tailing off a bit at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, I think another another player who maybe is coming under a... I wouldn't say him actually, but, you know, his performance is as of late, haven't been great. And you mentioned him, but was Xhaka. And again, that is quite heavily linked to, for me, it's quite heavily linked to Jesus as well. You know, we're not seeing the Xhaka of the first half of the season, you know, getting involved in in the box, um, having a lot of touches in the box, a lot of shots. We're not seeing it. Um, and, you know, those third man runs aren't happening as much. And I think, I don't think it's, I don't think it's just down to he's just stopped doing it or he's stopped making mm -hmm. the decisions or his decision making's are decision making is bad. I just think mm -hmm. it is to do with, you know the Eddie dynamic maybe. Yeah, and I think it's to do yeah. with the fact that, you know, maybe the situations where he would have done it previously just aren't arriving on. yeah they're just not on mm -hmm. so he's not making the decisions he's not arriving mm -hmm. in those situations because it's just not there. And if you remember first half of the season, it was so noticeable. The amount he was crashing, like you yeah. said, the third man ran off the box. He was making off 
consistently, consistently. So yeah, maybe it's a case of Eddie being more of a fixed pivot as the striker means maybe, you know, he has to dovetail. Maybe he's not as, you know, um, he's not crashing the box as much as he did earlier in the season. And But that's a bit of a shame as well, because that means it's also not creating more space for Martinelli to move inwards as well. And it's all becoming a bit too clogged, a bit too centralised. There's not enough fluidity or rotations that there were first half of the season. Um, so, yeah, it's it's probably something to note. And, and again, you know, as good as Xhaka has been, and he's been fantastic over the last 18 months, two years, um, there are sometimes still hindrances when, you know, he finds himself in zone 14. We either want him to carry or, or create. And, you know, he he doesn't have, you know, enough incisiveness because, you know, the, the main part of his game is too predictable. And this is, I was saying this the other day in the fact that, you know, part of the issue in this game, Lewis, was that both our wingers were getting doubled up on. So where was the space? The space was actually inside in the half spaces with Xhaka and Erdegaard. But Erdegaard's a fantastic passer, but he can't carry the ball. Xhaka can't carry the ball. So, you know, it becomes a bit too centralised. Everything's a bit too in front of um, of Everton. And, and that became too easy because we didn't have any destabilisers. What, what do we talk about? If you think back to, do you remember the goal we scored against Wolves? Um, the first goal. Uh, mm-hmm. earlier in the season when Jesus was, you know, we're talking about rotations here. Jesus was on the left. He dribbled inwards. Vieira made an off-the-ball run, third man run off the ball in the final third. You know, that opened up that deep block. Do you know what I mean? So it's those against deep blocks. I always think you need dribblers and destabilise and people who are going to run off the ball. So, and I, I don't think that was probably something we didn't have enough of um, at the weekend. So that might be you know, an area Arteta has to look for going forward. Again, I would understand that he might not have wanted to take Xhaka off because look at what we're up against yeah. there to midfield, you know what I mean? So you, and I saw people saying, oh, maybe he should have put maybe a Trossard or a Vieira in there, but <laughs> I could have seen them potentially getting blamed, you know, mm. at Goodison Park. And obviously I don't want to make excuses. That pitch was horrific as well. It was, I mean? so it was it a bad pitch. It, it, it was it a bad pitch. It didn't, it, it didn't help our passing game either. So yeah, I think just, just a range of different factors, man. But, Going forward, you know, uh, I, it is still for me an area of, as well as Xhaka has done, I still think we can do more there, you know, in that half space. I think we need a carrier. I think we need a ball carrier in, in that phase personally for me. So, Yeah, I mean, after all the transfer speculation, it was probably a game where you would look at the bench and be like, oh, I wish I had a Caicedo to bring on. Um, instead, we had Jorginho, uh, which, you know, I've said my view on it. I I'm, don't mind the signing. Um, but not it wasn't a game where you know I, I I was a bit I was a bit at the time I was like I didn't really understand why party came off um but maybe obviously I mean I don't think Arteta would have taken him off unless he was hundred percent you know um I, I, I unless he wasn't hundred percent you know if, uh, he must I'm sure there must have been something more to it um or what do you think? Do you think that maybe this is like like for like? Just okay, this isn't working. Let's get Georgiou on instead of party. It 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 feels a weird like for like sub for me, in my opinion, because cool Georgiou is a better alternative than the likes of Elneny and Lukonga, but he's not better than party. Do you know what I mean? It's not a change I would make. It's not an offensive change for me. Like I said, so unless you know there might have still been something with party's ribs from from the week before, where maybe he wasn't fully fit going into the game. We don't know. I've not seen anything subsequently um, since that since the game, so I, I don't know. So that that can be the only thing I, I can think of because Party doesn't get subbed unless the game is already won or unless he's injured, essentially. So yeah, so that that would be my thinking would be more to the fact that 
they're still being a bit cautious with him and they don't want to unnecessarily risk anything. So cool. But um, but yeah, Jorginho wasn't bad, but he didn't, you know, didn't, yeah, he didn't have any impact either. So, so yeah. Yeah, I think I think and 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 obviously we we've all seen those stats floating around, and we've been talking about Partey's influence on that on the team for what feels like ages now. Is you know it's another defeat that happens when Partey isn't on the pitch. Happened against City mm-hmm. in midweek um, last week. Sorry, it's happened yeah. um, in the previous defeat in the league against Man United. It's happened against Brighton in the cup. Party just not played. It happened against um, PSV in the Europa League. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, where whenever we he does in that game as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever he doesn't yeah. play night, we 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 come to a defeat. And and also, I think when you look at the the the, the goal that we conceded with the corner, I think a lot of um, I think people underestimate just how important part is from set pieces. Um, he's a very mm-hmm. key influence in box where he wins a lot of those headers. And it's no surprise. To, and I know Everton were getting a little bit of joy from set pieces. Like they they were really just spamming it in the box and putting us under a lot of pressure. But I think we dealt with it quite well in the most part. They didn't get any clear chances from set pieces. They were just they were just putting it to the back stick kind of thing. But it is kind of telling that literally party's gone off for a minute. They get a set piece and there's unorganization for the first time. And we uh, we concede from I mean how many set pieces have we conceded from this season that it's got to be you know we could probably count them on on one hand right we I think we've got the best set set piece record in the the Premier League and people were saying oh how dumb is it that Erdegaard is marking Tarkovsky that shouldn't be allowed to happen that's literally how we defend corners we defend corners like that every week and we don't concede yeah. we don't concede so there is something yeah. there's something working about it you know so. I think these things only get highlighted when a goal is scored, and it's like, wait, if we replay the hundreds of corners that we've played that that we've um, that we faced this season, we set up exactly the same way. It'd be it'd be it'd be Erdegaard marking Tarkovsky a hundred, and, and it will happen again as well. The the issue comes is that I don't think we, you know, I think Saliba gets blocked off in the middle where he's you know he's probably the one that is going to go and win the header. Um, and it's just kind of left Erdegaard against Tarkovsky, and you know it. You know it happens. And when you don't have a Partey on the pitch, who is so he's so good aerially. Is is an area that people do not talk about in his game, offensively and defensively. Partey is very good in the air, very very good in the air. And his his absence there was was telling. I think I think if he's there, he probably you know he either stops Saliba from getting blocked off. Or he wins the header himself, or Saliba wins the header, or whatever. But um, yeah, I just, I just, um, I just wonder if you know. Uh, well, I just, yeah, I, just, I kind of just wanted to make that point, really. But um, what did you think of of Jorginho's debut? I, I just don't think there's much to be said. It was just a bit of a non-entity. Like I've seen some people try to discredit a bit him a bit too much, and that's probably laced with a bit of agenda. Which I don't agree with. So I just, I just don't think it was anything. There's nothing literally to tell. Like he wasn't bad. He wasn't good. Like <laughs> it was just normal. Um, so yeah, I just, you can't really make much of an assertion after what 35 minutes, in my opinion, in which we barely didn't create anything in that second half. So, so yeah. So yeah, we'll wait. We'll wait and see. So, but I mean, I wouldn't start him against Brentford if Party's fit. So, so yeah. So nothing, nothing changes for me. So. 
So yeah, for me, this is just an able body that will probably start most of the Europa games, um, and maybe an maybe the odd prem game, prem mm-hmm. game. But yeah, I think the key for us essentially, based on what we've seen, and especially in the games that we've lost, is that we just need to protect party where we can, <laughs> and just make sure he's available to play like ninety percent of the remaining league games, especially. So so yeah. Yeah, for real. Is is if he is carrying an injury, mm-hmm. and with Man, when we're obviously looking ahead to Man City game, which is probably going to be the most important game of the season, right? Like that is mm-hmm. so far that is going to be our most important game of the season, and it could turn out to be the most important game of the season because if we win that, we're streets. As if we beat Brentford, we beat Man City, we're fucking streets ahead, right? So, with that in mind, do you look at this Brentford game? And if there's just a slight issue with party, do you look at resting him? Do you look at just wrapping him in cotton wool for that Man City game? Well, I, I mean, it's definitely something I think Arteta is going to look have to look to, and not even just for party. I'm thinking for the whole team generally, because you know most of this season, Arteta's played two different teams. He's had a different team for Prem, a different team for Europa or Cup, whatever it is. But this is now, I think, the first block or first stretch this season where. We have three games in seven days. So we have Brentford on Saturday. Then I think we have City on Tuesday or Wednesday. Then we have Villa on on Saturday. So you can't now rinse the first team for those three games because there's going to be a... Even if you said they could do the first two games, by that Villa away game, there's going to be a massive dip. So it's going to be interesting to see how Arteta balances that. And, and obviously, it's going to be key because we have what we now perceive as a better bench, right? So these guys are going to need to play more because if they're going to need to start your game, they're going to need to, we don't want them coming in cold, you know what I mean? So, so yeah, so I'm going to be very interested to see what Arteta's choices are over. The, in fact, the next six games, they all come in that in like a batch. So we have a three and seven days, then another three and seven days. Mm. So I think that will, after this batch of six will be, it, it will tell us a lot. So, mm, mm, so yeah, so it's going to require more than just performances. This is, where the squad is going to be key, in my opinion, anyway. So yeah, let's see. I think, and I think a change that you know Arteta potentially could have made, and I think would have maybe added a different dynamic. Is I think we we've been so high on Zinchenko that mm-hmm. you know we we it's kind of detracted away from what we know Tierney is good at, and I think sometimes we forget that Tierney is still a very very good left back and. I did feel like we lacked a bit of dynamism down down the wide areas. Like we weren't getting any change out of um, from Marcelli against Coleman. Trossard came on and did okay, um, but Trossard obviously likes to operate more inside, whereas Marcelli's more round the outside kind of thing. And I do think that that would have complemented um, uh, Trossard quite well. Would have been having Tierney going on the left side. Now I know you don't really want to take Zinchenko off because he's such a baller. And, you know, if if we are to get control of the game, Zinchenko is probably the second person on the team sheet that you'd want to be playing, right? Is him and Partey in that middle, left 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 middle zone, just dictating the tempo of the play. But that wasn't happening. And it didn't seem like we were going to be able to get to that position to, to you know, to, to, to have that control over the game. So I just wonder if, you know, Tierney, those are the kind of games where, we can really stretch Everton. You know, if they are flooded in the middle, let's give them something to think about, you know, out wide. And um, yeah, I, I, that would have been a change I would have been looking to make really is get Zintini on the overlap. 
force them back, get, get, let, let Trossard operate in those central areas, you know, give them something to think about in that respect, get him to link the play with Xhaka if, if Eddie's not going to do it. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's, this is just one of the first games I, I thought maybe Mikel hasn't quite judged the game accurately. And I, I think his man manage, his game management has come on leaps and bounds this season. So I don't really have any criticisms there. Um, it's just, I, I, I didn't feel like he quite grasped the temperature of the game in this in this game um but it's not a criticism it's just you know um observation observation yeah i, I i've been used to him this season anyway judging the temperature of games very well making the right making the right subs at the right times um this was the first game where i'm looking at the Jorginho sub for party if we are if we are just saying it's nothing injury related i think that's a bad sub um and i i do think i didn't I think obviously Ben White. We'll, we'll get onto Ben White as well. Actually, I thought Ben White is going through a bit of a rough patch, right? Um, the Man United game, he had to be taken off at half time, um, and obviously today at, against Everton, he was he was quite poor. And I do wonder if, um, you know, is it time just to maybe, maybe give Tommy Asu the game against Brentford, and if he plays well, he, he stays against Man City. How do you feel about that? Yeah, yeah, I think. It's weird because, like, generally, he has been so consistent since he joined us from Brighton. Like, you could count the amount of bad games he's had on one hand. So, like, these last two games against, uh, yeah, Everton and United, where he's been uncharacteristically poor, like, I hope he's okay. Like, because that's what... I, him having a bad game is just making me, like, like, is everything okay? Like, generally, like, I don't know. Like, it, it feels weird to me. Mm. So, and he, ha- and he has been off colour. So, maybe it's just a case of, you know, our first-choice fullbacks who were... Our second choice fullbacks, who were first choice fullbacks last season, maybe we just make that change, and I'd be happy to. I'm comfortable with both of them, yeah. you know, playing if 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 needs be. So, so maybe that that maybe that is one of the changes Arteta chooses to go for um, against Brentford. Um, but it's it's also one of them. Uh, I think I probably would make that change, um, but then maybe also there's something to be said. Sometimes do you let players play through bad form and play themselves back into form? That's what we did with Saliba. Mm. Um, who came back a bit, you know, sloppy, but now he's played himself back into form. So, you know, different ways of judging it. I guess, obviously, in Saliba's case, <laughs> the replacement is holding and we're not really trying to see that. So, so yeah. So, but yeah, maybe there'd, there'd be no harm in taking Ben White out for a game or two. Tommy is perfectly capable. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, I thought he did okay when he came. I thought he did really well against when he came on against Man United. I think he, I mean, he did okay against Evan. Didn't really have much to do, to be honest. But um, I'd be very confident in him coming in and yeah, I think you're right. Ben White has been so consistent, so consistent. So it is a bit concerning, but maybe it's not. I mean, players have bad games, man. Players go through runs of bad form, you know, even the fucking invincibles. I'm sure there were periods of that season where, you know, players went through bad games. We just didn't highlight it as much. You know, we didn't, there wasn't that's, the level of scrutiny that there is now. Every game right. is like, Oh, should, should we take him out of the team? You know, he's had a bad game today. It's like, there, there weren't there wasn't social media there, there wasn't podcasts yeah. we weren't analyzing to this extent so that's why i'm a bit wary just even just generally when we're talking now is what i'm saying am i over analyzing too much mm. like, very because, likely you know, very likely we yeah, are yeah, like, yeah. like 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 i said it's first world problems in it what we're doing right now is nitpicking because mm. you know there's there's not even despite that we're still five points clear at the top so what we're complaining about or what we're having issues with are they really that big of an issue in the yeah. grand scheme of things yeah. like you said it might just be a bad game. <laughs> that could just that could literally just be it. But 
but again we don't know yeah so we'll see yeah we will see we will see so obviously we've got Brentford on on the weekend it's going to be a it's going to be a tough game we obviously we, we dunked on them um at their gaff earlier in the season I thought that was a really good performance from us you know very for me very that was for me win. that that might have still been our best performance of the season just because yeah. I know what happens when teams go to Brentford. Yeah. They whacked up United 4-0. Chelsea. They slapped Liverpool 3-0. They beat Chelsea. Yeah. They won away at City. Yeah. Brentford are... They're sitting, what, like 6 7 They are yeah. a very good team. Yeah. Like, a very good team. Um, and, you know, we talk about some of the issues, you know, we spoke about facing about teams who are very compact and narrow. Brentford were. And mm. we still managed to dismantle them. Do you know what I mean? So, um, and they will be tough again. But... At home, I feel like we've been very good this season. So, and, you know, the crowd will be behind. I think, you know, sometimes we've, you know, being at home, we're just very comfortable at home at the moment. So I think it's the sort of thing after a defeat, you want to be like, you want to play in front of the crowd, spur you on. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad, we're, I'm glad the next two games are at home, just generally. So I think I think the crowd might have a part to play in both of those games, especially against City anyway. So, but, um, but yeah, I think this is an opportunity. I like, you know, coming back to Saliba's quotes, he said, you know, um, it's an opportunity from us to learn from our mistakes. And I think one thing we have done well this season is whenever we have had a defeat, we bounce back really well. Yeah. Just like and go on winning run. runs as well. So it's yeah. like, yeah. And, 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 and go on winning runs. So it'd be great if this could be the start of another winning run. So, yeah. And I think it, it, it seems to me, even though it's a young group, it's a group that learns very, very quickly. Um, so, you know, we, we spoke about, remember, the first defeat at Old Trafford where we were, you know, very naive and we left a, too much space in the middle and we haven't really done that again, you know, since. So, so you know, so it's a case of this game, we're going to need to compete well, just make sure we're not, you know, we, we do the basics and the fundamentals while compete and hopefully our quality will shine through and, and, you know, just make sure, like I said, I think from from as early, from as far back as I can remember, even under Wenger, like, Arsenal just need to, when we play well, we more often than not win, do you know what I mean? So I just want us to focus on doing what we're good at. So, so yeah. And obviously, it's a lot easier to get the game off at the Emirates where it's, the pitch is the best pitch in it. So, do you know what I mean? So, yeah. And, 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 and I think, I do think Brentford will come to play football as well. They're not a rough and tumble side. They're not dirty, I don't think. They, they, they play, they, they, they can play football. They're a bit direct, but mm, I don't, yeah. I don't think they're a team that's going to come and, you know, try and bully us off the ball per se. Um, I think they might try, but I don't think they have the capabilities of, of doing that anyway. So, um, yeah, you even got to remember with Everton and Newcastle, they are arguably the most the physical, most physical yeah, teams yeah, yeah. in the league you can play in terms of that level of athleticism and PMP. Because, because you know, people were talking about, oh, do teams use this as a blueprint? Other teams might try. It doesn't mean you have it the capability literally, to execute you're right. to, that, to that level. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, like you said, you have to have the personnel, you have to have the, like, We've seen Sean Dash do this how many times mm. against, you know, whoever. So it was famed that Burnley were not a good team, but nobody really wanted to go and play a turf more. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you, you knew what you were going to be up against. So, so, yeah, so hopefully we can respond well um, against Brentford. And, yeah, like I said, it'll be interesting to see what um, changes, if any, Arteta goes for, because it's uh, a big seven days coming up, man. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, potentially if the results are favourable for us over the next seven days, we could be in a very, very promising position. 100%. Um, let's get through some listeners' questions then before we wrap things up. Um, so Yonko Abs, he says, do you think J2O will be here next season? I love that nickname, J2O. Do you think he will be here next <laughs> season? I, I mean, I don't see any reason why he yeah. wouldn't. Um, he signed an 18-month deal with an option for another. So I don't think it's like a... I mean, like, we're not going to sell him 
in the in the summer. I, I, and Arteta likes this player. This is not a player that Arteta is being begrudgingly signing. He's wanted Jorginho since he's got here, literally since he's got here. So he's now got that player. I don't see, you know, I, I think it could even be a, a thing, whereas it, as, as long as he does well and Arteta is getting what he wants out of him, Arteta will trigger that option. And Jorginho yeah. will be here for, you know, in, in you know, f- until he doesn't sign a contract, really, until, until his contract ends. So, yeah, I, I don't know how you, do you see it similar? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I expect him to be here next season. Um, and then obviously we, it depends on, on where he lands after that, because essentially he's now 31, he's moving into a mode in his career where he's not first choice. Mm. So will he want to continue with that backup to party option or, you know, if the rumours are, like say, just say for example, we go and get Declan Rice, like Declan Rice is going to end up being a starter, do you know what I mean? So he's going to reach a point eventually where, and he might be happy at this stage of his career where, you know, um, but I remember I saw the reports before we signed him was that he wanted to go back to Italy. So, you know, and he's, he's the sort of player in Italy, he could probably play another five years, do you know what I mean? So, easy, so, easy. He's only 29, yeah, he'll be there easy. playing into his 45, I, mate. He's 30, 31, 31. Is he 30, 31? Oh, I thought he was 29. Yeah, okay, yeah. 31, yeah. Yeah, he's 31. So, mm. but, but still, yeah, he could play till he's like 36. So, yeah, yeah so his, his, his game his game would last. So, a lot depends on him and, and how he feels, I guess, as well. And if he's happy with the status, you know. So, so but we'll see. Yeah, but yeah, definitely here next season. Yeah. Um, That guy, Daryl, he asked, uh, how big of an impact will Jesus have on his return? I think, you know, so far we haven't missed him in a game yet. Obviously, I, I I want him to be available for every game. Uh, I guess you could say Newcastle, right? I think maybe Newcastle, we probably did miss him. Um, now, the thing is, I, I think even though we've won, you could still say we've missed him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think... It just hasn't been... Player. It hasn't been as like, noticeable. We, we, we haven't felt... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Everton yeah, was the was game where I thought, fucking hell, we could do with Gabby in this game. You know, <laughs> even in terms yeah. of like the, the things that... He's so good at just like holding up the ball, bringing others in play... Winning a foul, like, that he has no right to win, you know? Yeah. He, 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 he would have been in that zone mm. where that Everton midfield was. Like, yeah, he would yeah, not yeah. have been shook to go into that zone and be like, I'm either fighting you, man. Yeah. I'm either going to try and take on you, man. And what does that do that would then create? That's why, like, you know, obviously his goal record hasn't been great, but he does so much for us in mm. terms of what he does, facilitates elsewhere. He takes hella kicks, but he's creating space for other men. So I could never, ever be mad at him. And yet... There's just a level of quality, like, even though Eddie's been a great goal scorer, his ability to carry, that ability to press and be aggressive from the front, like, you know, I thought Everton were very good at doing that to us, but when Jesus is there, teams are proper shook of Arsenal, do you know what I mean, when we're when we're so aggressive from the front, so, and like you said, other people miss him, Martinelli especially misses him, so, so yeah, I think it will be... If As long as he comes back in good nick, it will be a massive, massive thing, man. If you can have him for the final three months of the season... Like a new signing, <laughs> it, 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 it is. Yeah. It is. It is essentially, man. So and it would be a big boost as well, especially if we go in for a little bit of a struggle. Like if we go for a little bit of a tough time, having Jesus back will be a massive lift because he was the person who really. We, when you think about it, we, he kickstarted it all. He kickstarted it all. We ended last season on such a bad note, man. Such a bad note. It was horrible. You know, people were saying, "Oh, they're really worried about Arsenal." You know. They might not even make top six this year. la di da di da all that stuff, right? And we were a bit concerned as well. And, you know, he's just come in and 
I think for me, he's been the biggest catalyst for change this season. You know, when, yeah. when we talk about who's the most influential out of the, the guys that have come in this season, Saliba included, I think they've all be, they've all done their part. Don't get me wrong; I'm not trying to take away from any. I think, but I just think Gabby Jesus he spearheaded everything, and he's just given us the energy. And uh, is there any like word? I know he's back in training, but is there like any like timeline? Time, like when he's when he's going to be back? Is it like March or? Yeah, the timeline was always March. So I what, where, where in March? Mid mid March, beginning of March, late. Where? March, like, well, like, well, we know eighth of Feb. If he can come back beginning of March, you know. Yeah, we need, him, sick, we need him, man. We need him. We need him. We do need him. And also, obviously, that March then ties in with where Europa comes back because I mm. just saw Europa's back now for certain man. So, right. so yeah. So obviously, us finishing top of the group was nice for us. It means that we still had that extended period. And you know, at the moment, it's okay because we've only got league to focus on. But obviously, I think the way Arteta's done it, he wants to focus on both competitions. Um, and obviously, you need two strikers if you want to go, you know, heavy on both. So yeah, for real. Um, so just speaking about that city game, uh, S O S H G N. He says, "Would you take a draw at the Emirates? City need to win. We don't." If I offered, oh. if I offered you it now, would you take it? I would win, man. I just, I, do you know what it is? At home, away, I would bite your hand off. I'm not even mm. debating that. But at home, I just always think we can beat anyone. Yeah. Like, and I just think. This season, just with how the crowd have been, like I just feel like we've got something for them. City have not been good away from home. They've not been good away from home. And I just feel like we could do it. So whilst I wouldn't be upset if it ended up a draw, I just feel we could put a real hammer like in the coffin for them if we could beat them at the Emirates, mm. man. I mean, I say that, you know, a draw. Still, like, another 15, yeah. 15, 16 there is, there so, is. Brother, the thing is, there's so long to go. There is, there is. It's painful, man. It's painful. We've just got past halfway (laughs) mark, man. It's it's giving me a headache already. Jeez. Um, So yeah, this this running is going to be peak. So yeah, yeah. It's 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 difficult because we do have such a nice gap that it the pressure really is on Man City to win the games, right? In terms of like to catch us, like the onus is on them. I shouldn't say the pressure. We're both under pressure to win games, but the onus is on them to win their games, right? They have like a draw for them does nothing really and truly. Yeah. It does nothing for them. It's only a positive for Arsenal because it's another game chalked off the box off the, off the, it's another game chalked off basically that they haven't closed the gap on us on. So that's the only reason I would take a draw. If you get, if you literally just offer, if you could offer it to me before the game and said, "Look, you don't have to sit through that rubbish. Let's get here's a draw." I'd be like, "All right, cool. Shake your hands. That's it." <laughs> I would take it. You know, I would take it because I don't want to watch that game. I really don't want to watch that game. It's gonna give me heart attack. Um, yeah, yeah, I can already feel it. It's gonna be horrible. But you know, I I also think it all depends on you know if we don't beat Brentford. We have to beat Man City, you know? So we have to get that game out of the way first um, in order to even make that decision, really. You know, because if we if we drop points against Brentford, I I can't I can't take the draw against City. I have Mm. to we have to go for the win. What 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 would you out of this next block of three Mm. that we have? So two home games, so Brentford at home, City at home and then Villa away. What would you what would you take? Because I think 
I'm, I'm even for. I think Villa away will be very tough, be tough. partly because of the Emery. Emery tax and also yeah. that I just checked. I just checked Villa's fixtures. Villa don't have a midweek game, right. so they will be watching that City game and they'll be so fresh yeah. waiting for us at the weekend. I feel like if I could get seven from this potential match, seven would be excellent. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, seven would just be eight out of ten for me. Yeah, ten out of ten yeah, obviously yeah. would be the, the nine. The nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're looking at now like six points or five. I think it's, 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 because all of a sudden the point, the gap could be four points. The gap you know. could close. And yeah. then you're even giving, the way United have been, you're even giving them potential to close right. the gap further right, as well. Right, so right. you have to be wary about that. So I just, we can't allow, yeah, too much. So yeah, we have to, we have to give ourselves a buffer. Yeah. Yeah. We have to, I need, I need seven from nine, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's hard, but I need that. Bro. Seven need, from nine. Yeah. So like, even if, even if, yeah, whichever one you draw, like I need, yeah, I need Brentford has to be a W. And then you're allowed to draw one of City or Villa if the other one's won. Yeah. So if if that's, that's how I see it. If um if we were to get seven, yeah, I'd be very confident we win the title. Say that very confident because I, I I just bro even after this block of three, there's still another fifteen games to go, bro. Mm. There is a long way to go, bro. Now, and you need now, to touch with that. Now that you say that, now that you say that. Yeah, I, I was that. I was just checking the pictures mm. and I was like, fuck you know, bro. Yeah. Do you know what it is? Because the World Cup was in the I feel like we played bad games, but there's still so much There's so to much time to go, isn't there? Uh, yeah, so, all right, okay, I'll take it back because before someone chops maybe, that maybe, up maybe, and maybe, makes makes me ask that one on, maybe you should ask that one on the account tomorrow. How many takes how many points do you take from the next block of three games? Yeah. What would what would you be happy with? Like what's yeah, a what yeah. would you be happy with? Um okay. Um just leading on from that, Nabil one Arda, big up you, Nabil one Arda. He says, "Is everyone on the pod truly in belief we win the title from here, or does anyone still think the City fifteen game run is coming?" See, I don't think the City fifteen game run is is coming per se. I don't think this is that City, and I, I, I've been saying that all season. Oh, the run is coming. The run is coming. I'm actually at a, a point of belief where I don't think that 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 run is coming. I think I'm probably a little bit more concerned that we tail off. Um, that's where my main concern is not that City are going to go on a fucking crazy run I don't think they're capable of doing it Um, I'm looking at that Man City team the hunger's not there the drive is not there the quality is not there for me they've taken a right step up I'm looking at that Man City defence and I'm like you can be got at you know teams can beat you you can drop points Um, so I'm not that concerned about of course, I expect Man City to... T- I, I expect them to touch 87, 86, 87 points, I think. So, okay. you know, what, what, that is still a, you, an incredible amount of points. What What is making you think that there could be a potential to tail off? Is that just based on the fact that we haven't been in this position in a long time? Or well, I, is the squad still too young? Or you just don't trust us to get over the line? I just don't think... The level of results that we've achieved so far, I don't think it's sustainable. Yeah, that's 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 what I said in the group chat the other day. I said because if you look at it, over the first nineteen games, right, we took fifty points. Yeah. If you replicate that over the next nineteen games, you hit hundred points. Yeah. That's the that's, city. That's the record. That's hundred. Unheard I said, of. Basically, I said, I said, I said, painly and simply, we're not hitting hundred points. Yeah. I said, I would even be happy. I said, ninety points is is what we can try and aim for. Mm. In my opinion, like if you took forty, 
you know, from the next 19. That's doable, though. 19, that's doable. That's, I think that's doable. doable. That's doable. That's doable. 90 is going to be touch and go, though, I think. I think 90 is going to be touch and go. It's going to be tight. It's going to be down to, like, the yeah. last couple games, I think. And that's, yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. be in that position, if I'm being I honest, don't want to be, but, but that's what I said. I don't... I think it's going there, like... We in an ideal world we want it done, but and the thing is, yeah, I don't even I don't even want to make you shook here. But if you look at April's fixtures, bro, you're gonna look at peak, yeah, peak. At least the, the the two fixtures I hate the most, right? It's not even Man City. Yeah. I don't even really hate the Man City fixture as much. I will hate it this season because we're in direct yeah. competition with them. But it's the Man United and the Spurs game. I fucking hate it because I know it's guaranteed L's. I know it's guaranteed yeah. L's, and I know Man City has been guaranteed L's as well. But I, I do think we've we we can do something against City. I, I've taken enough mm-hmm. from our performance at the Emirates last season, and what I've seen from Man City this season. I can I can I can see us doing something. But yeah. those two games, they're they're we've beaten Liverpool already this season. They're not a force at Anfield so far this season. That could change. But um, those are the games that I'm. Glad that we've just got them out of the way. We've not got to play Man United again and we've not got to play Spurs again. So for mm. me, that's a big relief, you know? Mm. And then I look at the, you know, who else have we got to play? Chelsea at home. I mean, I fancy us to beat them. Um, what are the mm. tougher away games left? Man City. Um, St. James's Park. St. James's Park. That's going to be a toughie. But that that's the sort of game I'll fucking happily take a point in that game. Happily take a point in that yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, what what else is is a tough away game, you know? Um, Villa Villa away, I guess is a is a tough one. Um, That's a banana skin because of Emery factor and the fact that they'll be fresh that week. Yeah, sure Sean, you look at the you look at the top ten, right? Look at the mm-hmm. top ten, right? Man mm-hmm. City we haven't played yet. Man United played twice. Newcastle we played. Tottenham twice. Brighton twice. Brentford will be twice. Yeah, we've played a lot of the, the a lot of the top yeah. ten. We've played twice already. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what what I will say is, is is if you look at our remaining eighteen fixtures, yeah, ten are at home, yes. eight are away. Yes. So we played more away from home than we did in the first which half. Which is a big season. advantage so, for us. Which is a big advantage yeah. for us. So we need to make sure, and that that's partly why I didn't want to take the point against City. Yeah. I feel like we need to make our home form count. Yeah, you know, because just say for example, you took all thirty points from your ten home games. Yeah. That's you want eighty points already, bro. Yeah, eighty. Yeah, which means you could say. You don't even you could win half of those games away and might still have a chance of winning the title. Easy. No, well, you would ninety-two points. Sorry, so four from eight. So if you won four from, so you could potentially afford to lose four games, another four. Yeah. If 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 if, if you follow my model of winning, winning all the, all home, the games, home games, and even if you even if you don't games. win one of them, it's still yeah. it's still enough, you know, really and truly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and you know, and Man City have got like I think they've got uh, nine away games left and they haven't been particularly yeah. strong away from home which you, which you and mentioned they, 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 they lost at home to Brentford they, they drew at home with Everton yeah. they drew at home with Everton yeah. so so yeah so I don't know man let's see let's see bro. let's see let's see oh. um, I've got I've got uh, I've got two more questions left I'll just quickly run, uh, run through these so um, just sticking on City uh, VJG11 underscore he says if City got a points deduction would you prefer it to be this season or next this season I mean this season right like why would I want it run next it, season run, run, run. I, I, I don't care about asterisk trophies man I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't give a heck bro I need the title now bro yeah. 
if you deduct them from now, they'll be on 35 points. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I need that. Bro. And, and in fairness, <laughs> I don't need just the points deduction. Obviously. I need total relegation, bro. That's what I need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not not just from this league. Yeah. From, from I need you right down in the Ryman. I need you playing against TLF on Saturday. That's Ooh. what I need. <laughs> You're saying, I need you playing against SE Dons and Vaitis on a weekly I need you against SE Dons on Saturday, mate. Like, that's that's where I need Man City. That's where that's, I need that's the you. Title. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so yeah uh, but it's not going to happen right I think the realism is yeah. that this is going to be long played out um, probably going to take could be years really to come to a conclusion you know I'm sure Man City will fight every single legal battle so, uh, every single legal point so anyone who's hoping for a uh, you know a conclusion to this this year is you're not going to get it so let that one go I would say Um the last question is from M4F79. He asks, uh, what do you think Trossard's future role in the squad will be? I see him as a, I see him as a Milner-type player for us. Oh, oh, okay. In terms of versatility. And see him by, I can see him by next season deployed left-back in the inverted Zinchenko role. Fucking hell, I don't know about that. I think, I think that's, that's a bit extreme. That's some FM shit. He's on, he's on FM training Trossard as left-back. <laughs> He's unhappy, by the way. He's unhappy. He's yeah, very, very unhappy. I'm very, very unhappy with his role. Now, I see, I see if he's going to be recreated, I can see him left centre mid, potentially. Mm. I said, because he has very good feet, Pauls. Um, he could be like, a, you know, how Kazula was. You know, how Kazula started on the wing and Kazula moved inwards. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So so that's what I could potentially see. So, Yeah, um, he's, de- he's definitely versatile in the fact that he can play in a multitude of positions, right? He can play right, left, up front could probably well he can play 10 he could probably play center mid in terms of like that left eight role or the right eight role can can do that so he is he is very versatile and i'm sure that's going to make him a very useful player to arteta but for now i think he has been bought in as a wide man um yeah definitely i agree and that's where we're going to see him primarily yeah but yeah let's call it an evening there um, Sean, thanks for joining me. Thank you for everyone tuning in. If you do want more exclusive Toshi Gunas content, you can uh, sign up to our Patreon, um, where we, you know, we do all sorts of like post match straight after the game. We do scouting pieces, you name it. It's on the the Patreon link is in the bio. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll speak to you yeah. after the after three points at Brentford. Hopefully, please please don't let me down, Arsenal. Please, um, <laughs> and maybe some three points for SE Dons against Man City as well. But yeah. I, I need that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Sean, take it easy, man, and we'll speak soon. Peace. It's got to 2 2, and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Go! Sports Social Podcast Network.